been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we were we're all were uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. Start calling him the producer. Still the best song. Right? And when the band plays Hail to the Chief, make me feel better. Oh, brother, here we are. It ain't me. It ain't you. It must be Tuesday. High atop the west side of Cherry Hill. Good morning, everybody. You're with the crew. Chad, Wiz, Coach Al, Chuck. We're all here. Uh, boy, another tough loss. I'm a bit under the weather. Bear with me. Uh, my sinuses and I don't don't get along at all. We're filing for divorce. So what's up, bud? I mean, what a total disaster. I did not actually have to admit to not watch the game. That's uncharacteristic for me. There's reasons why. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I didn't miss much, did I? Not if you're looking for a positive spin. You didn't miss anything. Right. No, I mean, a 20-17 to 17 loss. A game where we again had the lead at halftime, really blew it late. You know, again outscored ten nothing in the fourth quarter. Real, I mean, talk about getting beaten by Drew Locke, of all people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many things to look at, but I mean, the whole, the whole, again, the whole entire game is kind of summed up in turnovers, two costly interceptions for two players that really weren't even open. Uh, when either one of them was thrown with Quez and then A.J. A. Brown you know, to end the game. And you have guys that the, the balls weren't even really thrown. They weren't even good balls either. They were underthrown to unopened receivers. And the serious there's some serious concern now over what is going on with Jalen Hurts. You know, this isn't a one-off. Maybe he was sick yesterday. But he has been struggling now for weeks in terms of where we've come to expect him to be. You know, if you look at the stats, he's he's like right at the number nine, number ten, number eleven mark. Depending on what you look at, you know, in the QBR, QB rating type of stuff each week. That's, but you know, he's getting paid the top top five quarterback in the NFL. Yes. So he's, he's got he's got to be better. And you can look right now. This kind of sums it up. Seventeen points allowed in the second half over the last four games. Second most in the NFL since week twelve. Four nine six twelve. That's his interceptions per per year. Four nine, all good so far. Six. Wow, and then twelve so far this year. Right. So he's at an all time high, and the season's not over yet. The season's not over. It's and concerning. It's baffling. Concerning. And the other. And again, the other. You look at another game where the defense collapsed. I mean, Coach Al, what in the world is going on with Bradbury back there? The only thing that good about Bradbury is, is he owns up to his mistakes in the press conference. After, and, you know, my fault. I should have been there. And like I was saying to you guys a few minutes back, uh, if you get rid of Bradbury, he's he's lost a step since last year. When you almost thought that he he was second team all pro last year. If you, don't, you know, that's only one year away. But if you get rid of him, you're talking $17 million 
for one more, and and then another year for twelve million. So we're stuck. We're stuck with that's, him for the next two years, word. or we take a yep. huge loss. Yeah, I think so, and that could be put towards getting linebackers. Do you think the Eagles do something like that? Okay. Do they take a thirty million dollar loss to go out and try and sign more more players, free up one spot? Well, they had practice with Wentz, right? <laughs> you know what the other big play was too. And they're down on the two-yard line, and Kelsey gets called for that move in the ball. And when they showed you in slow motion, he actually moved the ball a length. And the rules state that if you move the ball a length, and you could see as soon as he moved it, the official on the sideline came running in. So Kelsey knows that by now. What's up with it's, Kelsey? It's been an uncharacteristic year for him with, with these penalties that he just he doesn't normally – have these issues it's i don't know what's been going on for him either the whole the really the entire chemistry of the team feels off right now i'm surprised we still execute the tush push so well because right. that play is nothing but pure at it's 100 percent teamwork execution he said weeks ago do it do it every do it every play i well, mean the, it doesn't it doesn't fail the tush push it's unbelievable how they managed to to blow through uh, defenses like that. Well, did you see Wagner jump over the top twice? And that still couldn't do any still good. Cause do it. It, you can't stop it. But it's the biggest strong. problem it with that like was. They average five yards per play. They were on the two-yard line, so they put him back to the seven, and they settled for a field goal. That four points means a ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. And you, gotta, you have to – I don't know who to necessarily blame. I think the primary factor, really, you got to look at some of the play calling. Uh, on the um, – the Monday night, uh, the ESPN2 broadcast, I believe, with, with Peyton, with the Manning brothers. They brought on Christian McCaffrey, who literally predicted the play that was about to happen. You know, I, I'll actually play the clip here for everyone because it's a, it's a very short clip. Here we go. This is Christian McCaffrey on the show last night. Jalen Hurts is running a QB draw to the left. The tight end's going to pull. He's deep. Tight end's deep, so he's sifting backside. There you go. Ooh, look at that. Uh, look at that. Eli. He sifted, but that's it wasn't a, to the left. That, that, you know, that's, pretty good, that's a pretty good there, prediction. There you have it. So that the call was basically, you know, exactly what McCaffrey predicted was going to happen. He, this is a guy who is an offensive player sitting at home, just hanging out, talking football, and predicting plays. I and mean, what in what in the world is the guy who's engaged, the guy who's being paid right now to play? What are they going to be doing if, if that if that's how easy it is for a guy like Christian McCaffrey to read the plays? I mean, what are the coaches on the sidelines doing here who are on the field watching all this happen? How much more can you see on the field than you can see on your TV? And this is what's this is what's going on right now. So you got to look at coaching. The people are saying the Eagles are calling like seven different plays right now. I mean, how many times are we going to watch that screen, that little bubble screen that just and how many times are we going to see that it produce some yardage? Yeah. I mean, what are we getting? One yard on that type of play or losing three? Yeah. I mean, it's not working, and we continue to go through it. So you can blame Hurts for not performing, but if you're also got to blame the coaching for not calling the right calls. I mean, if the defense knows what's coming, it's really hard to succeed as a quarterback. Just like in baseball, if you know a pitch is coming, it's hard to stop the hitter. And look what the Astros did when they knew what the pitches were coming. Anytime they know, you know what the pitch is coming, the hitters are so much more, whatever, statistically Can't refute any of that, bud. Uh, it's absolutely true. And you, you sense that frustration from the players. So they make a coaching change on defense, and uh, which the defense played okay, right? 
Yeah, you can say yeah. the defense played okay. Yeah, giving up 20, and that's definitely improvement. But you look for that. It's frustrating because you look at that clutch time and say, yeah. what in the world happened on that last drive? How does Bradbury get beat like that? Not once, but twice. And how do you get beat deep yeah. to, to lose the game? How, how does that happen? What are the odds of two perfect passes? The guy catches it. I mean, the, the Eagles have benefited. Talk about reversal of fortune. How many games to get here at our record that we're at have we benefited in the win column from teams not making plays against us? And we would say, and Brown oh, making catches, happens, yeah. yeah. But it, another thing, I don't know, uh, the play selection, and let me go back to last year's Super Bowl. We can all remember when in two different plays, when the Chiefs had guys in motion and the beat defensive backs got mixed up and both of them resulted in touchdowns in the end zone without anybody within 10 yards of them. And we're not doing enough of that to, to make the defense more honest, for lack of better words. And and who do we think Seattle's going to be throwing to on their last drive other than DK Metcalf? Mm-hmm. Why, I mean, why are we letting him beat us? Of all people, we kept him in check all game. Then you go to the very last drive, and what do we have? DK Metcalf for 18 yards. And then let's go down. DK Metcalf for 6 yards. DK Metcalf for 34 yards. I mean, what are we doing here? It's ridiculous. And what then, are we doing? And the last guy to the score was the rookie, that Jackson Smith, his game, whatever. He's the one who was a step behind Bradbury. And, and how does that happen? It just can't happen. So, And the safety, of course, wasn't there. No, I don't recall the play and whether or not the safety should have been there or someone else, depending on where maybe the inside receiver was. But the safety wasn't there. Nowhere to be found. Five steps too slow. So I don't know what the Eagles are going to do right now with this defense. And switching the coordinators isn't the answer. It's not the coordinator's fault that the players out there are inferior. You can't just, it's not a video game. You can't just make them good all of a sudden. Right. So right. what's switching the coordinators going to do for the game or whatever they called it? Yeah, let's go back to our quarterback. Where's the lack of commitment? What's he talking about? That is an interesting statement. And you're talking about a team that made it to the Super Bowl, started off best team in the NFL. I don't know where we're seeing lack of commitment. Now, I'm not sure what that means. Clearly, Jalen's seeing something on the field or in the clubhouse that he's that you know we're probably not seeing, and he's not happy about. And I would love to know what it is. Maybe it's practice during the week. Maybe he's out there doing that extra film, staying on the field after, putting in extra hours. Maybe he's seen other guys go home. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would think he's looking at the defense. I mean, them fighting words. Those are aggressive words when your leader of your team is saying we're not committed. Well, Thursday they had a practice with all pads which is something they haven't done in a while so did he pick up something there but brandon graham this morning on his normal appearance on wip's more or less tried to defend him he said i don't maybe think he said that in the context the way everybody took it but he said we'll straighten that out in the locker room yeah well yeah that's how it works Brandon Graham gave a little bit of the boys. And, and during the, the, the week, Slay saying, you know, we didn't have a good game last week, but I, I played very well. And isn't it ironic that when Matt Patricia, who is the his nickname, the Belichick prodigy for years and years, was with the Lions as a head coach, him and Slay did not get along at all. And Slay goes in for the arthroscopic, and a day later, Matt Patricia gets the other job but all that job the difference one is on the field and the other's up in the booth yeah, right, that's yeah. all they did exchange yep. places really there's still the same conversations yeah. going on yeah it almost seemed like a like a desperate attempt let's just try something here 
see if it works, see if it changes the mentality around. But little, there's only so much you can do to mask the fact that the defense, the players on that field, really aren't great in the secondary. I mean, we don't. Our cornerbacks are supposed to be some of the, maybe one of the best, one of the best duos in the NFL, and they've been had major regressions this year. You know, our safeties look lost. They just look like they can't. They can't compete. They can't. Why is that? Reading the defense. Why is it every year our defensive backs? Well, I don't know. The thing about cheap. last night is they had three great store, uh, scoring drives, and the one they came up with the field goal because of the Kelsey situation. They held the ball like eight minutes. I mean, one of those quarters there, the t- one team had the ball for a little bit, and the, the Eagles yeah. dominated the time on the clock. And, and but, we're and we're saying here too. The Eagles' defense played better last night. Yeah, we also played against Drew Locke. Yeah, you know, right. in a Seattle team that's seven and seven. Right. Yeah, they had DK Metcalf. And they have a great running straight, back. Right. You know, in Walker, but we're still playing against a quarterback that is not a good quarterback in right. any in any way close to it. So not, you know, what are we going to do he again? He's not professional grade. He's not professional. No, grade. and you think you're going to have more than two sacks against him? And plus, there wasn't a lot of pressures besides just two sacks. No, there wasn't. They didn't get after him. No. So what's the what's the solution here? We just run around in this mirage we're in and hope that we somehow outscore whoever we play. Like we just have a shootout in the playoffs there, and hope to win forty-two to thirty-five. There, there. I have them down as the quintessential mystery team. Clearly, have enough talent with the two receivers, tight end, and quarterback. Uh, and the other guy's got Miles Sanders' numbers. I like. I was going to keep saying where's Miles Sanders, but he's got his numbers. Um, I would not have gotten rid of us for that enough. So you do have the offensive numbers. You're not converting that to maximum scoring opportunity, right? It and you've had these. Now you got bad breaks. Earlier it was good breaks, right? Lady Luck has turned a little bit. Uh, so maybe it turns back and you have a run in the playoffs and get back to the Super Bowl. This team could do that, no doubt about it, right? I mean, in our opinion, they still have to win one big game, right? Yeah. Because you're going to beat Dallas and Philly. We all agree still? No. No. I no longer agree. <clears throat> I no longer agree with that. You got those lowly, dastardly Cowboys coming to town and beating us. I had the Saints beating us last week, so yeah, I yeah, do have right. the Cowboys Jesus. beating us. You did. He did have the Saints out. Saints slammed the Giants this week. Slammed the slammed Giants. Said the, and the, uh, and hey, the, hey, the, the boss, the guy. The Saints won this week more than the Eagles have all year. Well, I think it's time for my interlude since I haven't had a lot to say yet. Let's see if I can get through Take this it. without choking <laughs> death. Run with it, big boy. Here's your NFL diluted product, people. And I know... And it's cute when I put this stuff out each week to our little private room you know, with uh, Joey and Dean and Bob, the whole group, Tommy. I can tell how much I irritate them. And, and I respect it because when I was their age, if anybody was picking on my NFL, I'd, I'd be irritated too. I was betting them. It was what I did on Sunday. Don't mess with the NFL. You know, I would I would have been very, uh, my guardianship would have, you know, but... Uh, I'm just calling it like it is. And this product is so, so inferior to anything I ever watched. This week, this was your NFL. 63-21 Raiders, Chargers, 30-13 Colts, Steelers, 42-17. 
Lions uh, Denver stop me when it gets fun. Miami Jets thirty nothing. And statistics in that game on a Jets side that are so pedestrian and so below professional grade, you would you would be appalled. Nineteen sixteen Texas over Titans wasn't that a barn burner? Listen to this rushing statistics for the Titans in that game: thirty rushes for sixty six yards. <laughs> And 2.2. And they still ran the ball for 30. It's unbelievable. 24-6, Saints-Giants. You want to see a pathetic game, you watch that Saints-Giants game, okay? Uh, but I hope you didn't miss the 9-7 Panthers-Falcons. <laughs> that. No, no, no. Wait, wait, coach. Wait, coach. That had the, uh, oh, Chuck, will you re- please write legible? That had uh, the Falcons rush 31 times for 52 yards for an average of 1.7. Coach, these are unprecedented. I, I check. I'm the box score guy, right, bud? I, yep. I I am the Delaware Valley's box score guy. Nobody will try to take that, that title from me. Uh, then you had your Cleveland game. That had an average of 1.6, 18 for 29. Cleveland was 18 for 29. Rushing the ball and one with Flacco and three interceptions. Yeah. 45 29, San Fran, who's so far the best team in the league. Uh, and then 31 10, Bills Cowboys. Boy, you take the dress the cowgirls up in a big spot, put them <laughs> on the road. How predictable. What a lock Detroit and the Bills were this year. Oh, oh this week. Oh, my Lord. 23 7, Raven Jags. Ugly stats inside that game and in last night's game. That's your NFL product this week. How, am I missing something, bud? Coach, how horrifying is that product? It's very diluted. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. And it, it's not like I don't have the stats to back it up. So then you go to the next body of stats. You say, well, let's go to the macro stats. That's your micro stuff here. People think micro stats get picked apart. Why do you use macro stats? Very hard to fool with them. Okay. In a down year, a team that's very substandard offensively is below how many yards uh, per game on offense on average? I guess three. You got it. My man never fails me. Okay. 300 yards per game. Anything below that is high school level, level pitiful. You know what it is today? Up to like 305. 11. 11. There's no offense left in the NFL. It's morphed up to two teams. You know, it's, they're, they're it's, good stats and all that stuff. The only difference being, what would, what would you have bet on a game if you knew that the Bills playing the Cowboys the other day, that uh, Allen would only throw for 95 yeah, yards? That, would, if you they, knew they, that they ahead suck, of time, you'd say, wow. That, right? That just shows that they just ran the ball down Dallas's throat, and Dallas could not stop him. It was five, six, seven yards a clip. My two-team uh, lock of the year teaser went this week. A couple guys have been with me for a lot of years. Actually, for it, I don't charge anything for it. I'm twelve and one in my well, two-team. My two-team lock of the year. I don't give out any other weeks. I don't do but in basketball. I'll come back with a basketball on two in January. And last year in January, I was four for four. I was down at Bergata, watching down there. And you're thinking, did you go downstairs and bet the games? <laughs> no, I didn't make it down. Isn't that a beautiful story? 
But anyway, this week it was the two obvious ones, you know, Detroit and Buffalo and a two-team teaser. Where just mark it W. Just mark it and go get live when you want to cash your ticket. There was nothing to fear. There's nothing to have to wait. And uh, I think I would have thrown Miami in there. I know it's easy to easily, say afterwards. Easily could have, yeah. yeah. If you wanted to use three, have at it with Miami, exactly. But I just didn't think you needed to go to three. So I just was saying, to go. you go Detroit, make them at a pick. And you go Buffalo, you get a little 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 value back with Buffalo in a close game, field goal type thing. And you will just enjoy your Sunday all the way through, no sweat. Every time you go out to make a corned beef sandwich, you'll be winning. And you'll be in a good mood with the wife because you're just cleaning up on this Sunday. That's what Seth Joyner said this morning on WIP. He said, what do you think, Seth? He said, well, the only satisfaction I got the last two games was watching Dallas get beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that, not that we don't have problems, man. So what what do you think about the rest, the rest of the NFL? I mean, how does this change anything? Well, I'm not going to say that the NFL is, like, diluted or, or watered down fundamentally from, from a, a concept of you know, it's so much worse than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago or 40 years ago. I mean, granted, I, you know, obviously – didn't watch the NFL, right? Um, you know, back in the seventies, eighties, when you had these guys, I, th- I think part of the the, the reason is, is you hear softness in the NFL, you know, because you can't hit the you can't hit guys anymore because player safety is so focused. It's a huge part um, and huge, that huge part that takes ex- excitement out of it. But you know, valid reasons for it. We're trying to keep guys safe. Um, but when you look, look at some of the teams this year, and you mentioned, you know. Dolphins, Jets, um, you know some of the other other games there. This year also has been a really huge year for key injuries. I mean, I'm talking like like high level players. We got Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season. Nick Chubb for the Browns went down. Yeah. One of the best running backs in the NFL. Joe Burrow went down. You know, Jonathan Taylor missed time earlier in the year. Whether it was contract, real injury, or not, whatever it was. You know, Kyler Murray was out half the year, and not like Arizona was doing anything. But they are these are high level, high, big popular guys yep. in the NFL who weren't playing. Oh, and uh, who what, what Cousins right for for yep. Minnesota? Yep. Also as well was I think he's I think he's done, and now you have got Justin Herbert out for the year as, as well. So there was a ton. San Diego was a real no. Pit, but what I'm saying is, with him, boy. The, when, when you you know San Diego is not a good team, obviously, okay. but when you look at the injuries that have been going on in the NFL this year. I think this year there's been more star player injuries. Or maybe not star is the best term. The high recognized player, very good player injuries. High target value injuries. Yeah, I mean Justin Herbert's guy making fifty million a year. And Nick Chubb, best running back in football, you could say, if not at least top three. Yeah. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers speaks for his own self and what that the NFL was hoping the New York Jets were going to be this year. Right. Instead they got stuck with Zach Wilson who's a oh, laughing stock. Jesus so that's been what's going on. I mean, you have the Minnesota, which should be a good team with Justin Jefferson, doesn't have their quarterback anymore. But Jefferson's missed almost half the year, he, too. Uh, two two yeah, different injuries. To, that, to the point that Justin Jefferson yeah. has also missed time. So I, I don't, don't think know we, if we it's have, more than other years. I you, think it is. Okay. I think it is. Maybe we could get some research. You know, that would be in, interesting, interesting to research. I don't yeah. recall seeing this many high named players being yeah. out for so well, long. It just starts with. Teams putting players on the IL, whatever it's called in football, and then going inside the IL for each team. It's not that hard to do. No, it's not a ton of research, 
But that is what my biggest pushback to saying, you know, is the NFL diluted or weaker? I mean, we're also looking at an NFL trying to replace, essentially, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, when Rodgers finally retires. Some of the three quarter, best quarterbacks of the past 20 years. And there were some guys before that, but Brady, Brees, Rodgers replaced those guys. You know, they, the guys like Kurt Warner, all that stuff, as the modern kind of 2010 go-to guys and you know, the Peyton Manning, that uh, type of stuff. If you don't mind. Who I'm, is that guy now going to uh, be? Is it Patrick Mahomes having a regression year? Is it Josh I, Allen on a team that's struggling right now or, or playing better but not, you know, 10-4? and four? It's a fantastic point. Can I give you an assist? Sure. Take your top 10 quarterbacks right now, and you and I will work on a value system outside of QBR and all the stuff they use. Go back and look at 10 years, the quarterback top 10, and you'll faint. How much better okay. the pe- pedigree was ten years ago? Well, let's do it. You don't have quarterbacks, though. Yeah, you don't have quarterbacks. Who do you have? Lawrence, is he your guy? Well, it just goes to show. Maybe you. you're not going to take him right now. He's not your guy. You no. know what's amazing about Lawrence? How many damn passes you can complete up and down the field and not score? It's unbelievable. Every time you look at Jacksonville, yeah. they got the ball and he's completing a pass, and then the score don't change. It's still twenty-seven. Uh, he had the ball for the entire game, and it was still twenty-seven. It's just and you still see plays where all there's two receivers within ten feet of all each the other, time. So, all and the time. so forth. There, therefore, there's two defensive guys. When you're trying to throw it to one of them, you're trying to take in consideration. I can't, you know, I don't if, have much Chad, leeway. To now, me. I hope what Chad doesn't fall victim to is giving me the fact that the quarterback uh, ratio of attempts to catches is higher pass completions higher now it's higher it's been higher across the board every year okay that's i'm worried about qbr okay the the stat that most effectively manages how a quarterback can you name us the 10 quarterbacks from 10 years ago yeah i can good tom brady number one yep Peyton Manning. Two pedigrees. High. Yep. Matt Ryan. This is from 2010. That's okay. So That's okay. Matt Ryan. High pedigree. Drew Brees. High pedigree. Aaron Rodgers. Five Josh, Josh Freeman. Big Ben. Philip Rivers. Michael Beck. Coach. Okay. And today. You're going to give a ball stamp of good housekeeping, right? It's a pretty good list. Pretty good list. Today, we got Brock Purdy, Dak <laughs> Prescott, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You can stop right now. What a bunch of frauds. Yeah. Wait, which, which one on that list is a fraud? Brock Purdy's QBR right now is 76.0. is better than he every single he person on he that list it. except for Tom Brady. I mean, what do you mean I did it? QBR did. Is, in a, is a way to effectively manage a quarterback. I'm not looking at how many throws, attempts he's making, or how many yards he's throwing for because we run more nowadays. If you're building a team for the next 10 years and you can have anybody on today's list, anybody on yesterday's list at a young age, not older, of course, you're taking today's list at large over 10 years ago's list? No, but that's a different argument. That's uh, a different did, argument. Did, did, ladies and gentlemen, jury, we rest. We thank you. Tom Brady's on that list. He's the best quarterback safe, of all time. Safe, going home. Yeah. No, no, no. See, that's yeah. not. That's not that's all right, well, not let's a, do it this way. Let me trap you this way. Name it 10 years ago, top five quarterback list again. Wait, top five. What do you mean trap? I made the point two minutes ago that we're trying to replace these great quarterbacks from the prior generation. And you said, what do you mean trap? And I'm saying right now, I'll show you trap. What I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is you're saying trap like I'm making the point that the quarterbacks of 10 years ago weren't better. That's uh, what I'm saying. We're trying yeah. to replace Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. 
Okay, it got a little murky there. But we're out there saying the NFL is diluted. I don't think it was, is. Wasn't he giving us passing percentage? You know, no, we never once mentioned passing bur- percentage. Per- yeah, I think you did. It's a QBR. Not QBR. QBR. <laughs> the most effective way to manage a quarterback, in my opinion, is QBR. Yeah, yeah. So there's nobody from the list 10 years ago, okay, that you wouldn't take over the top five now, right? Uh, no, I would take Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes over Ben Roethlisberger. I would take him over, you know, uh, probably met you Matt Ryan. I would. I would take Allen, Mahomes, maybe even Brock Purdy if he keeps it up and give him another year of this, of this, this, these results. I think your best argument there is Mahomes and you're on thin ice. Well, Mahomes has done stuff in his few short years now that most players have never done. Here's a question about Mahomes. How does he stay on the field every week? What do you mean? He's always healthy. Oh, that's a smart quarterback. Why was Tom Brady always? You know, you know how to get hit. Yeah, that's a huge, huge part of quarterback play, knowing how to get hit, when do you have to when fall down. When to get hit, when to get out of harm's way. Yep, right? all those things. And when to release the ball instead of getting thrown down 15 absolutely. yards behind the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So none of us have a doubt the Eagles are going to win the next three games, right? God, I would hope not. Well, what do you got, the Giants twice and, and – uh, Arizona. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, we shouldn't lose any of those games. Arizona. The Giants can't, looks like they can't score on a high school team this year. Man. The chicken cutler guy. quarterback signed for $46 million. The chicken cutler guy. And Danny Dimes. There's <laughs> another guy on that injury list, right? <laughs> yeah, Tommy. Tommy DeVito. Was that precious a couple weeks ago? Is that absolutely priceless? Huh. His agent sitting up there in the, in the hat and the dad and everybody kissing each other. And Peyton Manning's got to ruin the moment. And the dad standing up, standing up like we heard going, relax. Uh, it was relax. so refreshing. <laughs> and Manning had a, you called him, Slimy was his name in college. Now I'll tell you what, Peyton, why don't we bring up the story about your massage experience. Uh, we'll leave it at that before I get the whole company sued. Yeah, if I did already. I'm surprised no one, would, if it, when he had a bad game, would have said he must probably be a close relative of Danny DeVito. <laughs> that was a it was a sweet spot for the Giants. Boy, did they return to form real quick, right? They stink. They flat out stink. If you're a Giants fan, where are you going to go, Al? So, by the way, our producer is a Giants fan, Richie. Sorry, Rich. You know, we'd love to we'd love to talk about the Giants in some form of hope. But there is none, right? Well, no. No, no. There's no no hope. There's no joy in Mudville. They have nowhere to go behind the Eagles in Dallas. No. They're there for the next five years. Automatically. So is Washington, right? And Daniel Jones got that nice contract, right. too. Wow, man. It's unbelievable. So have we covered the NFL? Yeah, I think we have. Why don't Before we Before we move on, give us your two super. I just wanted to get your yep. opinion on something when you're talking about Brady and so forth. What at a guess winds up with Mr. Belichick? Looks like it uh, I mean, where would he fit? And I was listening the other day and I was thinking maybe you know, with the uh, Washington they're trying to throw all kind of money at him and this and that, but uh it was an, another team. I'm trying to remember where it was they thought he would fit in possibly. But, I mean, he has a losing record without Brady. And, of course, Mac Jones hasn't panned out yeah. at all. So so my Super Bowl predictions here. 
It's that time. 49ers, Dolphins. Okay. Coach? Uh, yeah, it's tough to argue with, be honest with you. Well, I can. Go ahead. 49ers, Ravens. That would be, seriously, my third team in there. And when you uh, I watched the Ravens the other day, I tell you, Jackson is – he can flick a ball yes. just with his wrist, it's, and, and, it's, that part. and it's a bullet for 30 yards. And then running the ball, he's as elusive as any halfback in the league. He is a beast as far as his athletic ability. His release point is unlike I've ever yeah. seen. Oh, before. yeah, you don't see the big wind up in this and that. He, just he actually back brings the ball it. into the numerals in his jersey, and the wrist just absolutely slingshots it. Yeah. And the exit speed... Velo looks like it's about a buck ten. Oh man, does he throw a seed? And then he, he still looks like the fastest guy running. Oh, he makes uh, moves you know, that yeah ninety nine percent of halfbacks can't make. I always thought with uh, with him, why don't the Ravens commit to one and stick with it more than yeah? If you go to run, run this guy like twenty times, we'd get him racked up, right? But what would he do if he ran for twenty times? He could have twenty yards a game, you know. Oh, he could, but you just you're taking too big a chances on your biggest weapon going down hurt. College ball games have really been exhilarating. Huh? How about oh, that embarrassment? Uh, yeah. How about that absolute you know garbage that they put out there as college bowl games? Well, there's just money makers there until you get to the big games. Whew, That's all it is. That's really all it is. I saw Chip Kelly celebrating a win over Boise State or or something. <laughs> It was a big deal because they trailed at halftime. Chip, I've proven that I am a college coach and not a pro coach. A lot of, lot of feedback after Otani. Absolutely. Yeah, I want him to go to baseball. I mean, go ahead. Well, Phillies, some exciting news, maybe five years from now. Signed, his name is Denilson Aguila, I believe. 17-year-old Cuban shortstop. Switch hitter. Reported above average arm, strong defensive skills, good bat, good speed. Only six, I'm sorry, only encouraging actually, six foot, 180 pounds, but only 17 years old. So wait till he fills out at 18, 19, 20 years old. They put some muscle on him when the Phillies farm system, something to be excited about. Again, yeah. maybe five years from now. Yeah. And Trey Turner's finally winding down, and we're done with that contract. Winding down? We're going to give him the same extension Harper wants. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think he he will not age like Harper will. Hey, the Harper matter Al got quiet real quick. Yeah. That, <laughs> must be something going on in the background that I'm yeah. keeping under under wraps right now. Is yeah. that is that the Drew Boris? Talk, yeah, talk about a yeah, rock. That's Boris, yeah. Rock in a hard place. So the agent and the Phillies – Leak that out there a little bit. They don't know how it's going to be received by the fans after Otani. And it absolutely detonates. <laughs> so now the Philly C-suite beats. Like, what are we going to do now? This backfired. And then Harper's, he, he, he's pissed off about the whole thing. Harper's like, I'm not a $27 million a year player right now. Well, he's got Boris Unless in his you talk ear. to right. Chuck, who tells you you only play 90 games a year and your war is only 3.6. Uh, footnote, did anybody see the awards out in uh, Vegas this weekend where they named the all Major League Baseball starting nine? 
Second no, team, too? You want to guess who's not on it? Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Yeah. Are you talking for the yeah. last? Five? So your elite players, like he wants to be paid for, he wants to be up with the elite. Let's be clear about this. Harper, slightly below elite, 3.7 war, I'll be clear, $27 million a year, I'll be clear. That's not his cup of ego tea. So what Harper's telling his wife, respectfully, kids and everybody knows him, I'm a $40 million, I'm a $35, $40 million player. And they just look at batting the average slug that I go, yeah, you are. But you're not on the field, Dad. You're not not out there producing enough. That doesn't matter. The only thing you look at is batting average and OPS. And then that damn podcast, speaking of sports, it, it matters to those guys. They seem to spoil the broth here. They're out there telling everybody, I'm only a 3.6 war. And by the way, they're right. So the Phillies are sitting on that powder keg. And I don't know what we're going to hear next, but you were dead right, you guys, when you say a lot of stuff's going on behind the scenes with that bad boy. Um, and Otani, the way it works with Otani, this is, this is cool. I didn't know this till this morning. The Dodgers have his hit to the salary cap at $46 million regardless. So they, they still get hit for $46 million. Forget the deferred compensation is one thing. Salary cap is another thing. But wait to hear this third part. The Dodgers have to fund that contract. they got to pay it. How about that? Not to Otani, but they have to pay it to a, a escrow account. Yeah, they got to cut the check. The conception came out when that deal was made that the that this the the money was only going to be two million right for X amount of years right. and downloaded uh, when yeah. he's forty fifty years. Well, Tony gets two million, yeah. but the Dodgers fund the whole contract. How about that? So it's an escrow, and you know why the uh, what is it called the CBA CBL whatever it is. You know why they have that in that agreement. So a team. Does it run into, like Miami could easily do this, other teams have, financial difficulty, go bankrupt, and have a $200, $300 million, you know, uh, back uh, war chest of money due a player, and they're bankrupt, and the player's never going to get it. So you may structure the deal that way, however convenient for everybody, but you have to fund the contract. And, oh, by the way, on the salary hit, we're going to charge you a very hefty percentage of it, which is $46 million. So you have about four avenues of looking at this thing. When people say, well, it's really convenient to the Dodgers because they don't have to come up with the cash flow. Wrong. They have to fund the contract. they got to cut the check. Follow? Very well spoken, almost like you were Chuck Grimley, the head of Grimley Financial. Yeah, yeah. For all your things, cash flow, whether it be. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, later. <laughs> that's later. What do you think about that, bud? Well, I think it's very interesting that that's how it works because it yeah. is very confusing. And another thing, too, is the way I think the way it works is the actual, what the Dodgers have to fund it wasn't isn't the future value of the contract. Right. It's going to be the present present value, value right? And the present value of that contract in total isn't seven hundred million dollars. Right. It's four hundred and sixty right. million dollars. Right. You take that over his term in Otani. He's not overpaid being a two way player at forty forty six million dollars a year. Yeah. He's not overpaid because well, you he's, know you're talking about at least twenty for both his abilities. Twenty five. We'll never see him as starting pitcher again. Uh, I not only want to mark 
indexes, bookmarked it, so I'm speaking of sports. Chad, you know the future budget of Grizzly. Do we have enough money for me to rent a billboard for the next 10 years on Atlantic City Expressway that says, I told you so, Otani will never start again? Can we do that, You money? don't think Otani will ever pitch again? Never, ever. This is the future of Otani. I'm the only guy in the country saying it, so I love this right now. And then you'll hear it on uh, MLB in three weeks from now, you know, and it's going to be like, oh, everybody knows that. Uh, this is the future of Tani. They know post-30 the wear and tear doing both curriculums will absolutely work against his best interest, no doubt about it. What he did up at 230, you can't do with father time over 30. I think a moron knows that, okay? And I don't mean that disrespectful to anybody in baseball. But it's common sense. It's a high degree of common sense. Pick your best, and that's definitely him as a hitter. Look at his war. What's the guy like as a corner outfielder with his arm, speed, assist, jumping ability out there? What type of offensive numbers he could put up throughout tens just on offense, base running, and we're going to call you in as an elite closer? How about the that's po- his future? I, React to that. How about the possibility? Two years from now, Otani says, "You know, I enjoy being a DH now, twenty-four. And I still got this little itch that I'd like to throw a game once in a while." But he won't be a DH if if, if he's not pitching. You don't think he belongs as a position player? No, no. I'm Who just saying. I'm just saying. If you had like a Martinez there, where you would switch from the whole type thing, but Otani. Just might say, you know, I, my arm really feels great. I'd like to try a few starts. And they'll say, yeah, we got, we have something different in mind for you. It's called closer. I don't, yeah. I don't think he'll close. No, I don't see that happening. I don't see him playing a position either. Strictly DH. Bring him off and the field anytime you want. Well, not anytime you want if he's closing. When you add what he'll do for a team's defense and assist and run prevention. It may be better than the net effect of what he does as a well, starter. I'm just saying Otani is a good defensive player. Do we know that? When's the last time he's played defense? We talk about time differential. I don't know the answer to that question. Let's put it this way. I have not looked up on scouts on him. My right hand is raised. I have not looked up Otani's uh, D-War. His R-Tot or his uh, RF-9. I'm going to guess when he played defense... They were plus all three departments. Now, I could be wrong because I have not looked it up. He, he's never played. He played like eight innings of outfield. Really? That's it? So he came up as a pitcher that kept yeah. it that way. He's yeah. a pitcher, okay. a DH. Yeah. He, yeah. Does, he does not play defense. How do you project him as a corner outfielder? Never. Well, never. Never happened. The last thing you were going to do is put him in the field to get hurt, running into a fence or diving for a ball. For how much money they're paying him, for his ability to play both positions, we'll never see him play, take a foot in the outfield. Coach? I'm going to go back to two minutes ago. I don't know if he wants to sit on that bench and just DH and you know, everything. You he know, seems you to know. be very athletic young man yep, and all yep. that, and I have a feeling that would be in his bones that he'd like to participate more. Now, I'm, he's I'm, been DHing, though. So what's changed now? I mean, he's if we think he's going to pitch and he's been DHing, What's 
what am I missing? New model, father time. Well, that's in my... So, new model, father time, now you're going to play defense. You're older, now we're going to put you on the field. Yeah, they're they're not mutually exclusive to each other. It just seems a little counterintuitive as he's getting older to now risk him on the field. Unless you're going to totally shut his pitching down, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think playing defense is where I see a lot of Major League Baseball injuries. Well, it does definitely doesn't increase. It doesn't reduce your chances of getting hurt. You know, we, you know where do most position players get hurt? Probably in the batter's box. Or second. I don't know. Running the bases. Okay. Hamstring groins. Okay, plenty of guys still get hurt playing defense, though. Doesn't yeah. mean you're, you're not. they're not going to put Otani on the field. It's well, too risky. We have a we have a wholesale disagreement. Then I can't wait for year two thousand twenty five and six to prove it. I just want to be around then to yeah. find out how this plays game. out. <laughs> Some other things that we missed on the back dates: uh, the Eagles' security batter. Okay, that was a joke. Our apologies for missing that gang. Uh, we had that. We did have that queued up that week. We got busy, and uh, we we the guy. You know what he should have been, the dumb rascal, whatever his name is. You know where? What's his name? Oh, the security guy. The dumb rascal. Yeah, you know the guy they threw out along with the San Francisco linebacker a couple weeks ago. You didn't have a stroke on me, did you? I mean, oh, you're not talking about Damon Green or anybody no, the, like the that. The Eagles security guy, the big, big. Yeah, guy. Dom DiStefano or whatever. <laughs> yeah. What the? <laughs> And last night they showed him and his wife there, and he was munching on something, and they commented. And, but, I mean, it's just they had to throw him out because they threw the, the, the oh, yeah. minor player out, right. and then all of a sudden they're going to say. If I'm the head of referees, and I'm talking to him privately, I don't want to embarrass him on national TV with my mic on, I'm going to pull him into me, and I'm going to say, I'm going to see to it at headquarters that if we ever see you within – a hundred yards of a live game, you'll never be on an NFL field again the rest of your life. You didn't earn it to get here. You, my fellow, are security. You could come out with a, a team and feel like a big shock because you put your, you know, your bulk weight lifted in, okay? And you know what you do? Put your back to the game and look at where the security risks are, which are where? In the stands, right? That's what security does. They make sure some fruitcake is to get ready to do something, you know, stupid, right? That's where you're going to be, on the cinder. You're going to be nowhere near. First of all, if there's a confrontation on the NFL sideline, there is no local police and or local security that's going to break it up. Do you know the chaos that that would invite, that, that kind of standard in the NFL? He had no place being there. And he'll never be there again. I'm just curious. And all that, did it ever come out that any other team has any security guys there? Good question. I did not see. I didn't see anything. I'm not sure. But, um, I mean, he's the chief of security. So security chief. So whatever that does. But, yeah, I I don't think he should have been banned. I I just think the whole NFL is a little insane. But he's taking a poke at an NFL player in a play. Come on. I'm not going to. Well, he kind of pulled the guy off him. He doesn't belong anywhere near right, the NFL he, player. But in hockey, we encourage fist fights, and you get a two minutes in the penalty box. Okay. <laughs> not with a fan in row two. It wasn't a fan. It was the head of security who was always by Sirianni, and he was pulling the guys off each other. And in that. He looked like he was hit by the 49ers guy. So you think the head of security has the entitlement 
to, to get in between NFL players to mitigate. Well, if he's pulling guys off each other, I think that should be the job of anyone to stop them from fighting. Right. And if you get in, you put your hands together right. and separate them. I don't see what the problem with that is. Equipment manager, anybody, right? I've been there. Well, you're not going to see an equipment manager do it because they're small guys. You're going to see a head of security do it because <laughs> he's a pretty big guy. But, and we also don't know what couple statements might have been made at that time too. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, punks, uh, about uh, Green, what about that mess? Yeah, he, he needs some serious that help. Man has some serious mental issues, I'm pretty sure. And the reason, I think, when we had talked a little bit before about you know right in front of the Phoenix bench, that's my problem. And, and I really think the Phoenix coach ahead of time would say, listen. Anything involved with Green, stay the hell out of it. I mean, the month before, he got a five-game suspension. So, you know, and I'm glad that they came out and said indefinite. Now, nobody knows where's that going to go, but he's going to have to probably, if it'll help him, I don't know, at his age, making all that money to go to classes, whatever, and, you know, they're going to try and cover it that way, anger management, and then, then we'll consider bringing you back and – but you can see the disappointment in Steve Kerr's face and all that, saying, "How many times is this guy going to do that?" And he's making twenty-five million or whatever, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the raw emotion and natural reaction. If I'm on a Phoenix bench and there's a predisposition with that guy, and he takes a cold, you know, sucker punch at our player and hits him pretty square, I don't care if it's closed or open material, and I'm on that bench. Uh, my natural reaction is sure. to get my guy. I'm coming off like a jackal. And you know who could come, who could have came off that bench and bit a jackal? Our Villanova guy, Colin Gillespie. He grew up, and there was a bunch of fights where he used to play. He, he told us about that. But uh, he's a tough kid. But nobody off the Phoenix bench did anything. No. Again, I think they're told not to. It's strategic not to. Why get another guy ejected because Draymond Green's enticing anyway, – they're trying to instigate things out there. I think that's very hard to watch and just accept. Yeah, if you come yeah, off the who, bet. Who won now? Draymond Green suspended for at least three weeks. Doesn't always work that way, bud. You know? And if you come off that bench right away and get involved, you're gone. That's almost you're done. Enough. Well, well cer- certainly if you come off so aggressive and punch him back. If you come off the grabbers, they get off our guy. I don't, I don't think you're going to get what he got. Uh, I guess it's. Well, Draymond Green a few weeks ago. Got involved in an altercation, put put Rudy Gobert in a headlock. Yep, and was suspended for five games for something that didn't look like he initially had to get involved in. But here he is putting a guy in a headlock. You know, what I'm sick of Draymond Green thinking he's the toughest guy in, in, around. You know, I mean, I mean, he's he has a lot of problems. Yeah, um, he hopefully this counseling helps him out. I mean, the, he has been suspended twenty, sorry, twenty <laughs> career rejections. His sixth suspension. Six. Most recent November when he put Rudy Gobert in a headlock. Can I fight him? I want to get and and he was so nice at the conference. So he said, you know me, I don't apologize. But in this case, I was just trying to get him yeah, away yeah, from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Believe that. And I got that swamp land I told you about. But yeah. Barkley's on uh, tonight and tomorrow night, the Wednesday night show. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good show on uh, CNN, is it? Um it's a new show. Check it out. And Charles was talking about that, oh, okay. that topic. And uh, all you see on the uh, little little cliff notes, all you see is Barkley saying, yeah, that's all bullshit, you know. And he didn't mean to hit him like that, you know. Charles Lava say, the brother need help. 
And Al, let's give our flyers for the second week in a row a little respect here, man. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of respect. I've been watching their games. The last seven games, they've won six, and the other one went to overtime, so they got a point. So out of a possible 14 points, they got 13. Wow. And Tortorella has these young men. They're like third in the league blocking shots. He's got kids got bruises all over him, and they're knocking people all over the place. And now the decision's going to come up. Maybe a few weeks from now, you get into the season more. They've got like three veterans on that team or some guys like really old at 28 or so that other teams are going to be very interested in. So Jonesy and Briere are going to have to make decisions. Do we get rid of them? Because we still started this season figuring we're at least two or three years away with the youth movement. And it'll be interesting to see, would they do that maybe for some big draft choices? But what do you got, man? On specifically like the we, Flyers. We're done. We ran our course. Yeah, I think we're ready to rant and rave. So I'm, good for, I'm happy for the Flyers. It's great to see them playing better. So um, here I am dealing with something, you know, that's pretty bad up there, respiratory. I go to the doctors and say, tell me I had a sinus thing going on. And Saturday night I drove over the Ben Franklin Bridge in my convertible with the top down. And we had the heat on. The bottom was fine. Had dinner, drove back. Top down, it was fine. Little cold at the top above the windshield, you know, like the wind coming over and all that stuff. But it was perfectly fine. By the time I got home, I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I couldn't swell. My doctor says to me, "If you got in that car and did that, and you already had a sinus problem, you know, discomfort, you sh- you were twenty miles away. From it. This gonna make me laugh. You were twenty miles away from ending up on that show. A thousand ways to die." <laughs> That's a pleasant comment. You almost <laughs> froze yourself to death. You know, well, I've been in a car with you many times. We used to drive back from the softball games, and it was like 62. We thought it was nice, you know. But when I got home, I could not swallow. I could not talk. And he says, yeah, you basically just froze everything. Oh, you out. can hear it big time. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. So uh, go ahead, uh, Coach. Uh, not real happy with Nick. When Nick answered a question on like Tuesday or so. And someone said, uh, and he's very pleasant, usually calls the interviewer by their first name. Yeah, Joe, what do you got and all that? And the question was, do you plan on making any decisions as far as coaches and this and that? And he went like this, no. Yeah. A big emphatic no or not at this time, whatever. Then all of a sudden, so I think there's got to be more to this. Is it a little de- desperation move? And actually, Patricia and Desai just changed places. One's upstairs and one's on the field now, and they're communicating. And I didn't see much difference. And I don't think, being the defensive part, you could see them rushing much at all. So you've got, if you keep a tight end in on offense, you've got six guys blocking four coming in, and that's why they're not getting that penetration there because they're protecting their weakness at linebacker and D-back. So that's why the quarterbacks are having more time to throw and pick up you know different routes and because i think that's one of Hurts' biggest problems and every week you hear about he missed someone open right in the middle of the field so is his mind just preset that it was going to go to brown even in double coverage because in that situation there we talked a little bit before the show there's 13 seconds left you had two timeouts left and you're within 15 yards stretching as far as elliott possibly kicking a field goal to tie it and you got the two timeouts. If you didn't have timeouts, I can see you have to throw long maybe. 
But you had them. You got, could get two plays in with no problem in 13 seconds if as soon as you're tackled, timeout. And to me, it just didn't make sense. Elliot's been such a proven kicker. You've got to yep. give him a shot in that situation yeah, yeah. or try and give him a shot. Well, I'm going to pass on my rant and reef since I uh, told a little story there. But I'm going to wish everybody a very uh, happy and joyous holiday season, Christmas, whatever you celebrate. And uh, take time to enjoy the family and a special time of year and uh, connect with everybody. And, you know, I hope it goes uh, as good as it can for you in every capacity. So that's our wishes here from Speaking Amen. Sports. So I'm going to rant on the Eagles and just right to follow that. up with what Coach Al said. The play calling at the end of the game. No, the defense at the end of the game and then the play calling after was nothing short of... Well, atrocious. Um, how do you not give Jake Elliott a chance there? I mean, how do we not play to give him a 55-60 yard field goal? Well, I mean, the guy is one of the best kickers in the NFL. How many and how many times has he come through in the clutch moments? And we didn't even give him a shot. We decided to throw in the double coverage to AJ Brown, who wasn't even open. He wasn't even open, and so it doesn't make any sense. The play calling has just been horrible. Recently, I don't know if that's Hertz, that's the uh, Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, some combination, but it has been bad and it needs to change, and it needs to change soon. Otherwise, the Eagles have a very tough time come playoff season. Unfortunately, that's kind of where this team is at right now. Here's the end of the Eagles season. They write the ship. They go three and zero. They beat the bad teams. They keep home field all the way to the end. They win all those little games against the scrub teams we talked about. And then they go out to San Francisco and they get their rematch. And it's not that they can't win that game, but good luck. Because right now it does not look like you can. But you know how fast that can change, right? Uh, all the players get healthy, hurts, gets it figured out. and San Francisco looks formidable right now. No doubt about it. You know what hurts with that too? If they'd have won last night, and still have the three losses, then you wouldn't have San Francisco maybe at the end be able to sit a few yeah, guys right, and so right. forth. But now that comes into play. Sure does. All right, Wiz. Well, as always, yeah, you can find us at speakingofsportspod.com on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram. Speaking of sports, you'll find us there. And um, any questions specifically for Chuck, his number is 609 828 Five five six nine. As you said earlier, wishing everyone a great holiday season and a happy new year. We will be back, I guess, next Tuesday, the twenty sixth. All right, Al, bring us out with a little ho ho ho, Al. Ho ho ho. Merry Christmas. There we go. All right, gang. Enjoy. God bless everybody. Oh, we'll end up with this. There we go. One for Christmas is you. Maybe an Eagles victory too. All right, we're out.